This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. There are all kinds of harmful addictions and bad habits, from drugs to alcohol, gambling, porn. One expert says there's no single path for defeating them. You have good skills in hiding it. And you see that big time with pornography addictions, especially sex addicts, and even more so with compulsive gamblers. Gamblers hide it really well. Then, is there a key to making America's struggling cities more vibrant and successful? We'll talk to a city planner and design expert who says he's discovered the secret formula. There's about two handfuls of cities that have at least figured it out at the leadership level, but they're at least on the right track. Those two stories, and much more, are heading your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stick around. Our show gets underway right after this. InfoTrack. The weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Addictions and bad habits come in many varieties and intensities. So, is there a single path to defeating them? One expert says emphatically no. With a look, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Peter Sacco, author of Right Now, Enough is Enough, which is intended to help with bad habits, negative thinking patterns, or addictive personalities. Peter, welcome to InfoTrack. It's a real pleasure. What do you think the biggest misperception is about addiction? I think the biggest misperception is that only a certain or select group of people are more prone to addiction or have addictive personalities, which certain people do have addictive personalities. But one of the hallmarks of addiction is that addictions do not discriminate. People do. So it means that addictions are open to anyone, all walks of life, all genders, all races, all religions. Anybody has the potential to develop an addiction should they go down the wrong way. The first chapter of your book is titled, What is the Difference Between Addiction and Habit? So what exactly is the difference? An addiction is something you cannot stop on your own once you have the full-blown dose of it, meaning that you have to use often. You've built up a tolerance to it. If you stop, you go into withdrawal. And no matter how many times that you try to stop, you keep going back to it. So with an addiction, you need at some point help from outside of yourself, some sort of outside intervention or some sort of detox program or sobriety program. Whereas a habit, you are in control, and you can basically quit it cold turkey and stop it and never go back to it. Probably when most people think of addictions, they think primarily of substance abuse of one kind or another, but there are a lot of other addictions, particularly with the Internet these days. Yeah, one of the biggest things I studied when doing this book over the last five years, especially the last two, pornography is the number one and biggest addiction with men, especially online, since you can basically access it 24-7 on your iPhone or your BlackBerry. You used to have to either watch it at a TV, watch it on a computer, even if you're into strip clubs, go to the strip clubs for it. But now guys are taking it everywhere with them, and they can be more secretive with it. And we have found that this addiction has wrecked and destroyed more marriages and more families than anything else. It's surprising how many people manage to live what appear to be productive, normal lives on the outside, and yet they do have some very destructive and dysfunctional thought processes. There's a lot of people that we would classify in our field as social functioning addicts. 
That is that, like most of us that are non-addicts, the function 24-7 like we're normal. Like, we, you know, we don't have this dark side. But with good skills that many addicts have, they have good skills in hiding it. And you see that big time with pornography addictions, especially sex addicts, and even more so with compulsive gamblers. Gamblers hide it really well. Talk about that for a moment. Gambling is something that's pervasive in our society now in so many ways. The thing that's really bizarre, if not intriguing or interesting with it, is it's oftentimes made now on TV networks as a sport. Like we have different types of sports, like poker sports and that stuff. So people, when they look at it, it's like, well, it's not really an addiction per se. It's a lifestyle. It's a something fun. It's like a sport or a recreational activity. But it's the same thing with, you know, having beer or having a glass of wine. You do it while socializing. But the problem is, is you've got to separate it from the socialization process. Because once you get socialized into thinking that this is the norm, to repetitiously continue to do it, then before you know it, you have a full-blown addiction. Our guest on InfoTrack is Peter Sacco, the author of Right Now, Enough is Enough. And we're talking about addictions of various kinds. Peter, you write about what are called concurrent disorders as they relate to addiction. What exactly is a concurrent disorder? A concurrent disorder is when you have the addiction and you also have a mental health problem going on at the same time. So, for example... They have found that most people that do have addictions, the concordance rate of also having a mental health disorder is anywhere between 20 and 80%. So that means that most people that are alcoholics also suffer from depression. At least 20 to 80% of alcoholics also suffer from some intense form of clinical depression. So what you see is you're getting the mental health disorder possibly leading to the individual using and becoming addicted to something or the addiction itself by drinking too much possibly started to change the brain chemistry which made the person depressed and they start to become depressed asking for help is an important part of beating an addiction but getting to that point of being willing to ask for help is oftentimes a long road isn't it it's the hardest thing i think the acceptance that you have a problem it's still a stigma to be identified as having this addiction because addiction now is viewed as a sickness. So people don't want to look like they're helpless or renderless to a substance or alcohol, so they don't want to call out or cry out for help. And on top of that, many of them don't believe that they have it. You know, they believe they have it under control, that they can quit anytime that they want, and that's the greatest illusion. Peter, what's your opinion of Alcoholics Anonymous and some of the other self-help groups out there? Are they critical to beating an addiction, or is it something that people can do on their own? I have the utmost respect for groups like AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous. I think for many people this is exactly what they need because they go into a group with other individuals, many times the same situations they're coming from, same dysfunctional backgrounds, and they validate one another. I think they're tremendous. Individual coaching or counseling to beat an addiction works as well, too, as well as therapy. I think the person has to pick what works best for them, but when you take a therapeutic approach and combine it with a support group approach like AA, I think you are going to do exceptionally well in beating it. One of the things you write about is forgiveness, which I think a lot of people may not necessarily associate with addiction. What role does forgiveness play in beating an addiction? Most people have what I call in the book bitter resistance. Having spoken with thousands of people with addictions and counselors that have worked with them, we found one commonality, and that's this bitter resistance. This darkness that occurred possibly as a child where they were physically, mentally, even sexually abused. They were rejected, neglected, possibly through a parental divorce or at some later point in childhood or early teens. And they've pushed it down. And rather than deal with this rejection part that has been so emotionally distressing to them, 
Instead, they opt to use a substance, alcohol or something else, which either masks it, it provides instant gratification, or it relieves the pain and symptoms of the psychological pain that they have. That's what forgiveness is. And once you can accept this bitter resistance, deal with it and forgive, you get to a point which we call sweet acceptance, which will bring you just infinitely and accelerate you into this healing process. Peter, for someone who is concerned about someone in their life, perhaps it's a sibling or a a spouse, what kind of advice can you offer to them to get that person some help? You know, the best thing that you can do is if somebody you think has an addiction, or especially if they're in denial, I think to harp on them repeatedly only drives them away. Rather than try to force them into something, you have to be empathetic to them and really tell them how much they mean to you, how much you've loved them, and that they're a vital part of your life, that they mean a lot, not only in the present moment, but in the future, and that what they're doing is potentially not only harming the relationship, but killing them as well, too. When you express it in those terms, I think it's more accepted. Peter Sacco, the author of Right Now Enough is Enough. Peter, do you have a website where folks can learn more? Right now, enoughisenough.com or my own website, petersacco, S-A-C-C-O, dot com. Well, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, can changing just one thing make America's downtowns vibrant and successful? The Secret Formula, coming up. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead.